Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. I'm your host, Laurel Gurrier. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Birth Stories in Color. Uh, today's episode features Yolanda Owens. The labor and delivery of her daughter was a long one, and because they couldn't hire a doula, her husband became her doula, something that many partners and support members do. She also describes how a support system and village was vital for her breastfeeding journey, and that system encouraged her to create a larger support village for her community, which we will talk about later in this episode. But hello, Yolanda. Welcome hello. to the show. Thanks for having me. Super excited <laughs> to be here. Of course. It is so nice to meet you in person. Um, so thank you Same. for coming on. But can you start by telling a little bit about yourself and your family? Um, sure. So I usually say that I'm a, I'm a homegrown Buckeye, so I'm from here in central Ohio. I grew up product of Columbus City Schools, attended the Ohio State University because they gave me the most money. Hey. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so sorry about that. Oh, but, uh, so there's, you know, I ended up staying here after I, when I met my husband. I actually had intentions on leaving Columbus just because I grew up here. And I think kind of took for granted the community that was here in Columbus. And my husband, who wasn't from here, I met him uh, because of college friends. And him being from Pittsburgh, he talked about how amazing Columbus was, where you have, you know, this mixture of inner city and rural. You have all of these different ethnicities of people that are here in the city that have such a great culture um, and just a lot of opportunities here. So that kind of, you know, we ended up buying a house and yep. now, you know, got the house, the dog, the fence, and now <laughs> fence. Uh, one and a half babies. So, yep. yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Well, that's wonderful. I'm actually originally from Columbus as well. Uh-huh. Um, and it's the same sentiments. Like, this is, it is a really great place. Yeah. Um, and I went to college at Kenyon College, so I'm not I not, not far. that far right. at all. Um, but I'm like, and I'm back again. Yeah, I moved here. away, and then I'm back again. Mm-hmm. So it's just something about this place that always draws you in. Yeah. Um, so can you now tell us a little bit about your pregnancy? Sure. So when I was pregnant with my, with my daughter, it was actually it was a really – easy pregnancy for me. I, I didn't have to take like a Meprazole every single day, yep. um, <laughs> things like that. And so it was it was kind of amazing. And I was like, I like this. And I was glowing. So it was it was such a great pregnancy. And I think that's how she got me back was in labor because I was in labor for <laughs> such a long time. <laughs> so I think that's that's kind of what happened. I was like, it was such a beautiful, very easy pregnancy. And I think part of it also was I was working out a lot when I found out that I was pregnant. Yeah. I had been working out three, four times a week at a trainer, and I think that was a huge help. I, I continued working out until I was probably about six months when I got to the point where I couldn't pass the weight ball over my belly when I was doing Russian twists. Yeah. I was like, okay, you know what, maybe I, I need to stop because I keep bumping myself, yeah. and that's not good. So uh, <laughs> so that's kind of how you know that pregnancy went. And then, yeah, I was in labor for 30, 32 hours. Um, I'm always you know, reminding them to be as active as possible because um, mm-hmm. that can help with your your um, pregnancy and it can hopefully end up helping in your labor. Um, and yes. 32 is, 32 hours is a long time. It yes. doesn't surprise me with the first one, but it is That's what the doctors time. said. No, that was, that was honestly what the doctors said, you know, and they were like, well, next time around, it shouldn't be this long kind mm-hmm. of thing. But part of it, a lot of it, um, it's funny because the working out part ended up coming in and the end of my labor and helping the ending part of my labor. But a lot of it was because I wasn't um, 
I was very slow to dilate. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when I did go into labor, I woke up in the middle of the night. I thought my stomach was upset. It happened to be, uh, I think it was restaurant week. And of course, I had to get my eat on. (laughs) And so I was pretty sure that it was something that I ate that upset my stomach. But like you spoke a little bit, it was my having my husband. He read a lot of books, and with him being my support person, I was and this being our first kid. Of course, he, my husband's a researcher. He researches everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, the monitors that we had for our dog, everything, the crib, the mattress, like that's what he does. And so, he researched a lot. And so, when I woke up in the middle of the night, so my stomach was upset, and I used the bathroom. And he's like, "Well, I'm going to give you 30 minutes." He was like, "I'm going back to sleep." But if in 30 minutes your stomach starts hurting again, we're going to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And because I, I did, I was just like, I got the BGs. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so when when that happened, ended up coming back and, you know, the feeling started happening again. And I was like, okay, let's go. But um, I wasn't, that morning I had an appointment with my doctor. And when she had checked me and she said, well, you're, you're not, you've, you've effaced, you're pretty far along mm-hmm. that way. But she's like, you're only dilated a centimeter and a half. She's like, you could technically go into labor tonight, but I highly doubt it. So let's go ahead and schedule an appointment on your due date Mm because this was two days before my due date. And she was like, we'll schedule an appointment in a couple of days and then we'll see how things are looking then. And then we might schedule a couple of weeks from that induction if you haven't, if you don't, if you, you know, make it to two weeks from that appointment. So I said, okay, that was fine. And that's when we actually went into labor. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, But it was just that, I would I I don't I just didn't want to dilate and so while I was there at the hospital they told me that they were going to they thought about sending me back home mm-hmm. uh, but my contractions were really strong so she said well I'll do I, I'll I'll make you a deal you know I, I talked her up and I happened to know the director of the hospital okay. So that was helpful. Plus. That was very helpful. <laughs> so I talked to her a little bit about who, who her boss was, and that helped. And so um, she said, well, we'll do this. I'll let you walk around a little bit. And if you walk around, we'll, we'll see what happens then. And as I was walking around, that's when my water broke. Yep. But it broke from the top. So it was very, ah. it trickled just a little. It okay. wasn't very much. And so she tested it, and you know, she tested it with the pH strips and said, yes, okay, your water did break. But, and she, but she looked at how much fluid it was, and she was like, you know, we're still probably going to have to break your water. Mm-hmm. But I was able to stay. They yes. didn't send me back home, so that was a plus. But it just, it took a very long time for me to dilate. And so got to the point at probably about 30 hours was when they said, okay, We've art, we had to give you an epidural so you could go to sleep because mm-hmm. they wanted me to get some rest because, of course, I had, at that time, they weren't letting me eat. I just had popsicles and water. And by that time, after I had finally taken, like, a, a nap because I still felt a lot, um, when I woke up, when they scheduled me for a C-section, I said, by that time, I was so exhausted. Mm-hmm. Even though we came in, we had this birth plan, and my <laughs> husband was, you know, he was very adamant when we first walked in. He handed him the sheet of paper that I filled out, yep. like, check things off for my birth plan. So he handed them to him. But by that time he talked to me, I said, I'm exhausted as long as this baby gets here healthy. And so the working out part came in handy because my nurse, she was super awesome and was definitely there to help support me in that. And she said, well, you said you've done yoga before. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, you know, because even though I had an epidural, I didn't, I didn't, I could control it. And Mm -hmm. so I still wanted to feel. Right. Um, And so I could still feel and I got on my hands and knees and she said, let's do cat calf. And I said, yes. All right, I'm down for because we had we had the we had rice socks, we had the bouncy ball. Yep. My husband made sure that there was a shower in that room. So you know those types of things. He was a great support person yeah. to be able to to know all of these things and to make sure we had these things available to us. And 
So even though I'm rolling on the ball and I had the extra chair to be able to do some exercises on the chair and stuff like that, we got on, I got on my hands and knees and we did cat-calf. And she had left out of the room to go get the doctor because as they were setting things up for the C-section, and that's when I said, um, I kept buzzing her. And she's like, I just left Yolanda. What do you want? And I said, I think I'm going to poop on myself. Yep. And she busts out laughing. And she was like, that's what I was looking for. Here yep. I come. And she was so excited about it. She was super excited about it. And so that's when she came back. And she's like, that means that baby is coming. Yes. And I was like, really? And I said, but I don't. And so, I mean, like it's always the whole pooping on yourself thing. And I was so afraid that I was going to poop on myself. And she thought that was hilarious. But I was like, no, I, I, I don't want to do this. Like, I mean, I, my husband and I have been together for a long time, but I was just like, I, yeah. I wasn't comfortable with that. Yeah. Yet. But it, you, and it's so funny because <laughs> <laughs> when I work with clients and when it has happened, I'm like, they don't even know. Like, we're so quick about, like, moving it out the way. And you're like, yeah. For the most part, you have no idea if it has occurred right. that it has occurred. But well, still, yeah, because you got way like, too much going on yeah, down there. The yeah. thought of oh crap, I took a crap on myself, right, <laughs> right. So yeah, that was it. She she thought it was hilarious, but um, that was when my husband like hit the playlist because he brought he brought our um, <clears throat> he brought our uh, our Amazon Echo, and so we had like our own music playing yes. and everything, uh, and so that was great. So the only thing that made me really sad was that my my doctor, who I had developed this relationship with, I was in labor for so long that her shift was over, yeah. and she had just she had like just left maybe a couple of hours ago, and she had been in, you know. So they were like, we can we'll call her, and she'll she probably won't be here until afterward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had another doctor, and so that made me a little sad. But he was great, and he could sing really well. And he Ooh, knew nice. all of the songs that were playing, so that was nice. Nice. But he sang with us, and so we were, like, singing together because uh, I love music. And yeah. so we were, like, singing songs together, and he was jamming, and he was, like, dancing and everything. And so that was actually a huge help. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love that some things you bring up that I don't think people think about is um, the fact that with an epidural, it always – it doesn't have to be, like, the max. No. You don't have to go no. – completely numb Mm -hmm. um you can still have some control of it like you said you wanted to be able to feel a little bit you can ask for that like that is available they gave me a button Mm -hmm. that was the best thing they were like oh here you and i was like wait i get the control and she said yeah she was like so you you can press it she was like it does you know it maxes out so you can but she was like you can press it when it's too much you know i said oh okay then yeah so that made me feel a lot more in control and, and comfortable of the situation because because I, I mean, I honestly, that wasn't part of my plan. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I knew I had to get some rest, and it's right. tough to try to sleep when you're having contractions. Right. Um, and they were very strong contractions. Right. So, yeah. Um, and then that cat calf is amazing because it allows gravity to do some work mm-hmm. for you and really get baby in like opt- optimal position. Yeah. So anyone who right now is listening and needs to get baby in optimal position, get in the cat calf. Yes. Um. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, it was it was it was it was amazing. And it and just between that and then he had the rice sock on my back. That was such a huge help. Even with the contractions, it made like it just it it, it soothes mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. um, to have some of those things available uh, between that. Then we also did a thing where um, he had a, he got an extra sheet. And put it around around my bottom, around my hips, yes. and allowed me to sit into it. And so he just wrapped it around his arms, and we kind of, he leaned back, and I leaned back, and we were both in a, 
in a sitting position. Mm -hmm. And that helped a lot too, just because, I mean, with the relaxant, I know it pulls your pelvis and and things out and your hips are spreading. And and that's part of it too, where sometimes it makes that area hurt, where with that, that just, that helped too. So there's just all of these different things that we learned through reading books and and him learning how to be a support person was a huge help. And so I know, I mean, and that's that's what it means to have that person on hand with you, having that support person, having a doula or your partner or someone there. Absolutely. And it sounds like, you know, your birth for the most part was... It didn't go exactly to plan, mm-hmm. but you still felt like you guys were in control of yes. what that looked like. Um, and you said that your husband was and is a big researcher. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming in your preparation for what your birth was like, you both were constantly communicating about this is what I would like, this is what I would like to see. And then it looks mm-hmm. like he even did some extra work to know to get the rice socks and yeah. to have the um, the sheet to help give yes. you some like counter pressure. Yes, um, and and not sure if people know what rice socks are. So it's yeah. literally like a sweat sock, like a man's really long sweat sock, like a crew sock, and filled with rice. And I, st- I have some. I still keep them. Mm-hmm. They're great for like when you have a stiff neck and things like that. But it's yep. just filled with rice and you stick it into the microwave. And I don't know how rice is so amazing, but you stick it in the microwave just for a little bit. And it's nice and warm. And it's, oh, it's the best. And, yeah. it, and because it's in a sock, it can wrap around pretty much anything. But Yes. Yeah. And you can even add essential oils to it. Yes. And it just gives off a great aroma. A nice nice yes. little lavender scent. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Might yes. need one of those right now. Um, so I really, I really love that you highlight how important a role your husband was mm-hmm. and really... Um, allowing you to feel safe and comfortable um, and in control. It's great to have an advocate. And some people forget that they already have one. Yes. If you do the research Mm -hmm. and you are open and you communicate with each other, you don't necessarily always have to go and find um, another advocate to come in. That is great if you can, but you sometimes already have that that person um, if you guys are able to trust each other and work with each other. And, I mean... I'm a communicator because that's what I do yep. in my job. And so that, I think, was a huge part of it. But the thing is, is I should be able to, and it might sound crazy, but to enjoy this moment. And so it, it allows you to be able to do that and to take in that time and that moment, to be able to to take in what's going on with your body, to have someone else who can speak on your behalf. Absolutely. And I think that was a huge part of it. And I think one of the, the biggest things, I think, also is because – for at least for him, he's an only child, and his mom his mom was in. So as soon as she heard that I was going into labor, she drove from Pittsburgh to come there. But like I know, which I mean, it's only three hours. So I mean, thir- for out me, of thirty two, out of thirty minutes. Is- <laughs> <laughs> so, and 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 my mom was there as well. My mom, you know, having birthed three kids. Totally natural, no epidural, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so she got it. And so there were things that she was able to kind of like whisper in his ear, but she stood back. But he, he understanding in his role, he let people know, like, you know, I'll speak, I'll speak on her behalf. This is what I'm yeah. going to do. You know, if you can if you can stay over there. And, and so it allowed me to be able to just take in what was going on. Right. And I think that was a huge, a huge part of it because I was surprised when I went to my doctor. I, I thought she was great and she was really nice and I liked who she was. And then she handed me over that paper that says, this is what we do as a, as a practice. We mm-hmm. don't allow doulas. And 
For me personally, because that was always in my mind, that's what I was going to do. And especially yeah. because of the community that I, I grew up in and coming up here in Columbus and knowing a lot of women who, who are birth workers and, and who provide those types of services. In my mind, I knew, already knew, you know, that I was going to have someone in the room with me and have the support person. And he says, you know, and I brought it home because I didn't sign it in an office. I yeah, didn't sign yeah. it in an office. I was like, I don't know if I want to choose this doctor or not. Right. Like, she seems nice, but I don't know. But when I brought it home, we had a conversation. He says, well... You don't have to do that. Like you have other people that can that can be that support mm-hmm. person for you. And he was like, I, and then that's when he says, I can do it. I wasn't so sure of it only because my husband, while he is, a, you know, he's a great guy. He does not like blood. And uh, that was yes. really tough, which is not uncommon for mm-hmm. a, a lot of guys because they don't have to deal with bleeding every month. And so right. it's a lot different for them. And so <laughs> um, that was my only that was my one fear in, in him being in that role was can you be in this role, if, you know, to see blood, right? Which that was part of it. So when I did start pushing, because I did, I pushed for two hours, and it was it was kind of a long process. That was yes. a long part of the process as well. But as I was pushing, when she went and she started to see um, some crowning, she was going to the nurse went to go grab the doctor. And my mom, it was my mom. My mom was on one leg, and the nurse was on the other leg. And because I asked for I asked for a bar, because mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do to be able to pull myself up on. And so, um, but they were they had my legs and. Um, when the nurse left the room, my husband says, I, go ahead. I got it. I said, are you sure? He says, I got it. I said, okay. So my mom has my right leg. My husband has my left leg. And he looks, he, he's starting, he's, you know, he caught on seeing when the contractions are coming. So he yeah. says, I see a contraction coming. You ready? And I said, yeah. And he has my leg and he has, you know, he's holding his hand on top of my hand. And then I push. And he saw, a, he saw some blood. Yeah. And... He dropped my leg, and he turned around, and he walked away. And he I didn't know where he was going. He started walking, like, kind of, like, he didn't know, like, which direction he wanted to go in. And then he fell to the floor. No! <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I'm more worried about him. So, you know, so I see him drop to the floor. And so the nurse comes back in, and she just, you know, she calls her dad down. She was like, oh, it's okay, sweetheart. It happens all the time. <laughs> and so so that and, and I think for him more than anything was because in his mind, he like he was he was supposed to be there to protect me and yeah. he was supposed to be in charge of this situation. Yeah. And here he is laid out on the floor. <laughs> then he was they got him some orange juice because that was another thing of, of course, Make sure your support person, even though they're there to support you, make sure they eat. Yes. Because a lot of times yes. it's not even the blood type of thing. It's more so it, the fact that your support person is there and they are on and they forget that they need to eat too. Yes. Absolutely. And I think that was part of it. So she got him some orange juice. She put him in the little armchair. She said, oh, it's all good. It's got wheels on it. She rolled him up next to me and then we were good to go. And yeah. For a while, he was he was quiet for like the next 20 or 30 minutes. He was kind of quiet. Uh, and then he got his life together and yeah. then we were good to go again. And he was back <laughs> there being my cheerleader again. But that, I think that that took a lot out of him to kind of when he when that happened. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's OK, too. That is. It that's is OK, too. Um, I can totally, you know, <laughs> relate like with him. I am not good about blood. Yeah. And as a doula, people are like, that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, there's something different. I mean, something happens when I'm in the de- like, you know, in the delivery space that I can totally okay. like separate myself. But I definitely remember my first birth when baby started crowning. I was like, OK, let's take some deep this breaths. This is real. This is real. <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> so I can relate. I get it. It, it can yeah. be a lot. Um, because I mean, if you, if you haven't seen it, you're not expecting it to look the way it, that it does. It, does. And, and, you're just, yeah. it is very much like, 
Oh. I mean, it's not like I know what it, because yeah, anybody They asked if it. I wanted the mirror, and I told them no, so yeah. I get it. It is, <laughs> yes, um, it's beautiful, but it is very much, if you haven't seen it, you're like, wow, okay, babies yeah. are coming out. Yeah. So I get it, but... <laughs> Well, can you describe what postpartum was like for for you? For me, postpartum was a very it was a very difficult time. Mm-hmm. But I, my my situation was very very unique mm-hmm. in that um, we had been searching for a house when we found out that we were pregnant. We had been searching for a house, and we were in contract for a house. And a week before I went into labor, we lost the house that we were in contract for. And and that had actually been delayed. We had, should have actually already moved in our house two months prior. Yeah. And so we just, we had a lot of difficulties. Our real estate agent was amazing. It was actually issues with the bank that we worked with. They lost some of our paperwork and having to reprocess some of that. We ended up losing our house. And so postpartum, I was in a place where I got out of the hospital and came back to a house where everything was packed in boxes yeah. and not knowing the next steps of where we were going to live. And um, we ended up moving in with, with a family member who's, she's retired, she has a huge house, and, you know, said, you can have my entire basement, which had its, you know, bedrooms, plural, and a yeah, living room, and, and a kitchenette, and so that's where we stayed, and so, but it was a really tough time for me, um, because I, um, because I wasn't dilating, they, they pumped me up with Pitocin, mm, yes. and that was awful, yeah. and I wish that did not happen, but because of what was going on, they did, and so postpartum, I was very swollen, from the waist down, I had to be very careful in movement because if I walked too much and with us being in the basement, I couldn't go upstairs often because if I did too much walking, my legs and my feet would be so swollen and so yeah. turgid that I couldn't even bend my knees. And so that was really tough for me. So then being on water pills to try to get rid of a lot of that, that I mean, it was it was almost like it looked as if I had possibly like elephantitis in the yeah. bottom half of my body, just from my waist down. It was huge. And so that was really difficult. My husband's job does offer some paternity leave. It's not very long, but they offer paternity leave. And so that was amazing and super progressive of companies who do offer that because it can't just, it's not just one person no, who takes care of a child. Not. Um, and, and that person needs help. So that was a, that was a huge help, at least in those first couple of weeks. And then finally trying to find some type of groove to get into, which is difficult when babies don't know when it's day or night right. uh, and, and, and you're breastfeeding and things like that. So trying to find that, that groove to get into. But it was, a, it was a really difficult time of not being in my own space. Yes. Uh, and so I, I do know I had some depression around that. Again, yet again, having a support system, being from here, um, having a lot of siblings, it, that helped a lot of having someone to talk to on a regular basis and being able to to confide and share a lot of those feelings right. uh, was a huge help in in that. So, I mean, a, definitely a huge help of having someone to talk to. Right. Yes. Yeah. Someone where you like, just listen mm-hmm. and yeah. just hear me out. Right. I'm and, not crazy. I'm feeling this way. Just hear me right. out. And I'm like. Having four sisters is a yes, big plus yes. too. So, <laughs> who, have, who most of them have been, you know, had been in my situation of having multiple children as well. And so, having those folks to talk to, and you know, that's normal. This is normal. Like, yes, you'll still have yeah. some hormonal issues. Well, yes, you'll you'll cry. You'll you'll be upset. And finding someone to talk to. And one of the things I wish I did know was more about some of the resources that are available. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, groups uh, groups like um, I believe it, it, it's is it uh, poet. 
Yep. You know, organizations like that where they hold, you know, support groups where you can come and you can talk to someone if you are, you know, you have postpartum depression, mm-hmm. you have postpartum anxiety. And sometimes that doesn't even show up immediately after. Sometimes right. it can be like months after. Years. Where you, yeah, and mm-hmm. years where you're just like, oh, my gosh, what's, you know, what's going on? And But having those types of spaces and, and groups to talk to. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, I always tell people it it can take a full year for you to physically and mentally um, recover from what birth yes. and becoming um, a parent can be like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you may not, like you said, see all of those symptoms for postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety or um, the other issues that can arise until later. Yeah. Um, or you might think, this is normal, like I should be crying because I'm hormonal, but yeah. you're like, wait, I'm crying a lot. Right. Um, so it's just, it's really right. hard to yeah. decipher um, what's going on. Is this like the track I should be going on? For most people, you don't see your care provider until mm-hmm. six weeks out. Yeah. Which yeah, that's is so way too long. long. That's way too um. long. Yeah. <laughs> and I ended up, um, I started having headaches and I, I don't get headaches. Like that's just something that I've never really had. Mm-hmm. And so when I got a headache, I was a little bit nervous about it just because it, it stayed constant. Yeah. And so I had talked to my husband and he said, I think I think you should go to the doctor. I said, okay. And at the time I still was in the window of the two weeks where I wasn't allowed to drive. And so I called my mom. She left work and came and picked me up and took me to the doctor. My blood pressure usually stays fairly low. And while mm-hmm. I was pregnant, it actually went even lower. But all of a sudden, my blood pressure was elevated. It yeah. was high. And so when I came in, they wanted to run all of these tests, and they were really nervous about my blood pressure being high, of, of not wanting me to fall into getting, you know, having eclampsia or right. anything like that. And right. So we ruled out those things um, because they were nervous also because I did have uh, my placenta did not want to detach. So ah. I, I didn't get to very easily deliver my placenta after I had my daughter. Um, like he had to go in there and kind of like scoop it out a yeah. little bit which I told him I yelled at him when he was doing that I said you're ruining my moment <laughs> we laughed about it afterwards but I did yell at the doctor I was like you're ruining my moment what is going like yeah. what are you doing and yeah. he, let me, he let me know but there were one you know, trying to rule out that there weren't any pieces of that right. left in there that there could have been an infection anything right. like that so um, checking into that it, it was and she said she did let me know with me being pregnant a second time now she let me know that Usually when that happens with the first pregnancy, very rarely does it happen with the second right. pregnancy. So that made me happy because right. I'm not used to having to take medications like that. But, you know, having to take medication for high blood pressure, yes. it made me nervous because I was like, is that a precursor to something that could happen later on in life? The same way I know that, like, um, gestational diabetes is a precursor a lot of times to having type 2 diabetes right. later on in life. So just thinking about those types of things, she let me know that, no, it's you know it's just something that sometimes comes along with pregnancy and, you know, having to increase blood in your body, your, you know, your heart takes a lot of, it, it takes a beating while, yes. you're, while you're pregnant. And yes. so my niece, when she, she was pregnant with twins, I mean, she actually had, she had congestive heart failure and still has it now is now on a donor list because of that so just being very careful around and understanding that it it works on all of your body yes all aspects of your body yes yeah um i'm thinking about you you did nurse Mm -hmm. how did um you know with all the swelling with trying to figure all that out not being in your home how did that affect that journey for you Uh, so google is a gift and a curse Mm, yes (laughs) And so, you know, you Google, you Google everything when you're first timer. And there are certain things that I learned from my mom because my mom did breastfeed all three of her kids. But even at that time, 
because of her having to go back to work and things like that. She, she, I think she only breastfed us for the first six months, okay. which still something is always yes. better than nothing. And so that was still a huge, uh, a huge help. So she at least was able to guide me some in that, but she wasn't able to guide me as much in when I was afraid that I wasn't producing enough. Mm-hmm. So then I'm looking up all of these, um, trying to eat oatmeal and looking up information on flaxseed and brewer's yeast and all of these different things and not having the information to know that, one, baby's cluster feed. Mm -hmm. So it's not that I'm not producing enough. Um, She's getting plenty, but some, you know, she might be going through a little growth spurt or sometimes like she's fussy and the boob is not necessarily just for her to get nourishment from, right. but she just wants to be comforted. And so I'm giving her her pacifier. And right. so that type of thing. So not having that information was a little bit difficult in the very beginning. And then I that's when I found like the larger breastfeeding group um, for, for black moms, which there was, it's a great group, but there's just so much information because I think there's like somewhere between like 12 and 15,000 women in that group. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. Yes. And so that was really difficult for me trying to navigate and figure out like what information is good information in right. here. Right, right. Um, and so that was really difficult for me. And so it was nice when I think they did like a, a roll call in that group and said, hey, where are you guys, where are you from? So then a couple of people put up Ohio and then under that people would put their cities. Yeah. When they put their cities... I saw my friend's name in there. I was like, I know Khadijah. <laughs> hey. Um, and so uh, her husband and I were in a fellowship program together. And so I'm like, I know, I know Khadijah. So I was like, hey, girl, how's it going? And when we connected on there, she says, hey, we should meet up. Me and the other, you know, there's a few other ladies that were in the group that also said they were in Columbus. And she was like, hey, we should meet up. Now, by this time, I had a house. Hey. So because yeah. so, <laughs> even though we lost our house, we ended up being getting into contract um, actually that same weekend. Okay, got like, it. Uh, my husband and I, we prayed about it and we walked into this house and my house, my husband's like, this is it. And I was like, how sure are you? Because right. I, liked, I liked the house too, but it, that's a big step. Yes. But we had, we had our house and so I said, hey, we can meet at my house. And so that's kind of me and the ladies who were all in the larger group who said we we're from Columbus or the Columbus area. Five of us got together in my living room and sat down and talked and said, hey, we need to start something where it's closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we sat, we had our babies and, you know, we're nursing and we're sitting there in my living room and chit-chatting and came up with the idea of trying to have a group that's closer so that we can meet people face-to-face and, and have conversations and share a meal and that type of thing. Right, so, right. Yeah. Um, and so that is now the Black Lactation Circle of Central Ohio. Correct. Um, yes. And so can you tell listeners a little bit about, I mean, you kind of briefly hit on it, but yeah. the work that you're doing, how many members you have? Oh, gosh. So it's amazing that it started, I think, November of 2015 Okay, was when we met, when we first had that little group in our living room, in my living room, and, and chit-chat there. And so now we have 400 members. Okay. And so that, that's been absolutely amazing. But it's, it's a forum... Uh, specifically to share evidence-based information because that's not always some of these groups exist and you hear all types of different old wives tales and things that we've we've passed down from from some folks who have had experience in breastfeeding but unfortunately then there's a lot of people in our community who have it and they've just heard things and then they pass down those same things that they've heard and and so we're we continue to proliferate this misinformation and I think that was wanting to kind of get rid of that and, right. and, and and put that off to the side and sharing just evidence-based information. Because, I mean, unfortunately, one of the things as I started doing more of this and all of us really started getting more into this and understanding that we have a whole generation of folks where they were not taught to, I mean, they were 
women of give, women of color giving birth and while in the hospital, people giving them medication or giving them pills to dry up their milk. Right. And, right. And that was amazing to me. And I, I, I was I was floored by that. And one very appreciative of my mom who, I mean, I used to think she was super crunchy when I was growing up. And, you know, like my mom actually likes patchouli oil. And so, you know, so I thought, I just thought my mom, you know, we used to belong to a CSA when I was growing up. So stuff like that where yeah. I was like, she's just crunchy. And that's, but that was not the norm. That was, you know, and for her to move forward and say, no, this is what I'm going to do for my children, that that wasn't the norm. And so being able to share that information, to share that space, I was just really excited of, as we got more into this work, um, one of the other young ladies who helped start the group, Sissy Watkins, mm -hmm. um, ended up going to get her um, CLC mm -hmm. certification to become a certified lactation consultant um, and is also working as a doula as well. Hey, so I, <laughs> and so, you know, things like that. Um, and just some of the, the information that all of each one of us has to be able to, to pull into this group and, and to share. Um, one of the other things that's really cool, another one of the young ladies, uh, Kim, she works in insurance and like sharing information in that and Perfect. life insurance. Just different tidbits and different spaces. And with the work that I do, I work, um, I do communications at a community health center for, for a, 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 a um, system of community health centers and sharing that information out within the group. But then also being able to use that as a platform of when I'm going into meetings and I'm meeting with the, with other folks, and especially because there's so much work around infant mortality and for yep. women of color and, and for the black community. And every time I'm in the room and I'm you know working on those types of projects, I also can share. Right. You know, there's the, there is this support group, and one of the really cool things is that people have taken notice. Like people have seriously taken notice. I mean, not just the moms and the word of mouth in that manner, but the fact that. WIC, uh, Franklin County WIC offices have us listed in their in their grouping of resources and are referring mothers to us yes. and have come to our groups to be able to share information and, and things like that and partnering with, you know, Columbus Public Health and yep. making sure that we're in their booklets that, that they give out to, to mothers and being able to give them that support as well. So it's, it's been pretty awesome in that manner of becoming this voice for women of color, for black women specifically here in a community that I grew up in. And yeah. to be able to, because I never thought that I would be this passionate about, yeah. <laughs> you know, about, about breastfeeding yes. and, and what it can do for our community. But yeah, and so it's it's just been amazing of being able to move that forward and and, and some really cool things yeah. happening and coming out of it. For Absolutely. Sure. There have been a, a, a number of women who have been involved in the group and because of the work in the group have gone on to be able to become CLCs awesome. or, or then other, having other moms like yourself who are doulas who are joining the group. Um, I think it's awesome just having those those resources um, for the women right. who are in the group to have doulas, to have CLCs. We also have a few nurses who might not be recent mothers, um, but because of the work that they do, uh, being able to have those folks and those, those voices who can give us expertise, yep. I think is really important as well. And so we have a few RNs and things like that in the group as well. Right. So it's, just, it's really, it's really, it's, it's such a little community. I love it. Yeah. And then I love being out in public and seeing a mom and thinking like, oh, she looks really familiar. Or I see someone breastfeeding and I'll say, hey, which actually happened to me one time. I was out to lunch with my mom and dad and there was a young lady and it was her and her husband and her baby at the next table. And I was like, oh, that's a cute little baby. And uh, I came over because I saw her trying to like get her life together, yeah. trying to get the cover, <laughs> yeah. which babies never like. They never like nope. the cover. And so she was trying to get the cover together, a nurse. And I just came over and I said, hey, sorry to bother. Um, but I have a I have a group and 
you know, it's for breastfeeding moms. And this was before we, you know, changed to be, become Black Lactation Circle. But I, she says, oh, it's the Black Breastfeeding Group for Black. And I was like, oh, hi. <laughs> hi. So you're, and she's like, oh, I, I just joined that group like two yeah. weeks ago. I'm like, that's awesome. You know, yeah. and so that's always really fun. Um, most, of, most of the time, that's my interaction when I do see a woman of color and I see them nursing and then I come over and I introduce myself. And then, I mean, because people look a lot different than their pictures on Facebook. Yep. And, that, and that's fine. You got filters and all of this stuff <laughs> that makes your eyelashes pop and, you know, give you glow, you know. Or it's an old get, picture. Right. Or it's an old picture, pre baby. Yeah. So it's just funny because momming will change your life too. Um, so, you know, yep. so it's just funny seeing people in person a lot of times. That yes. happens often where I'll see someone and try to approach them and they already. I've heard about the group. Yeah. So. Well, I am very excited this time around to have um, this community to lean on because my my journey with my daughter was a little challenging in the beginning, and mm-hmm. I definitely like know how, if I would have had some people to go to or a circle to mm-hmm. um, invest in, that would have been really helpful. Yep. So even though, I mean, every birth is different, every breastfeeding journey is different, so we'll see with this one. Uh-huh. It'll be nice to have a place to like go to and get yeah. support. And to vent sometimes, yes. too. Yeah, we're yes. like, do you know that little booger bit me? Yes, my nipple is falling off today. Yep. Right, so I, I need somebody <laughs> to talk to. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's a great place for that. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just interested in seeing what this new, because like you said, they're, they're all different. They're all different. And I'm really nervous now because I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, and even though she's been weaned, like, she still kisses my boobies all the time. I'm thinking the, the same time. thing with my two-year-old. Like, what's it going to look like um, when someone else is Because I told her that space. they don't work. And <laughs> yeah. so I was like, she's going to be like, but you lie. Right. Because they, they were broke. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, she's a really smart kid, and I'm, I'm, like, really, really nervous about that. I am feeling the same <laughs> way for my little one. Like, what? we're going to have to have a talk. Like these are no longer. This is not yours. You. It's not yours anymore. You drink what we all drink, right? <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see yeah. how this works out. We will. Yeah, yes, I'm glad right. we have and Selena on each right? other. Exactly. So I was like, good, good luck in that, Laurel, because uh, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming <laughs> well, on the I show enjoyed it. and thank sharing you your for story me. Um, and sharing information about the group. Um, I really do appreciate that. But if you found that you connected to any parts of today's show or are interested in more stories, please subscribe and let us know what you think. If you find yourself wanting to share your story, head over to lgdoula.com to complete a sub-story submission. And thanks again for listening and joining our community today. Um, If you missed any parts or would like to check out the resources discussed during today's show, head over to the podcast section of lgdoula.com to access the show notes. As always, we love when you guys join us. See you next time.